That is win number 60 and a four-game sweep of the Angels for your Seattle Mariners. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Sunday, August 6, 2023. This is Tedding. and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. All right. Gather around, everyone. For today, we lay to rest the 2023 Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who, of course, decided to forego a potential all-time trade return for Shohei Otani. By the way, has not and will not make the postseason wearing their uniform. And also, they further gutted an already mediocre farm system just to... All under 500. Once again, not even a week after the trade deadline. Thanks to your Seattle Mariners. That's right. Three to two, the final score from Angel Stadium this afternoon. Mariners mop up the Angels in extra innings. Colby, care to share your thoughts on the win today and the sweep? Sure. Uh, 20 grade cold open. It's the Phil Nevin of cold opens. So congrats on that. Uh, I stated facts. 60 wins without any zest four but, games uh, sweep what else do you want i mean you could eat a piece of bologna and you technically ate meat but that doesn't mean it's steak you know what i'm saying so anyways uh yeah it was how would, uh, quick, quickly how would you do the cold open colby let's put the ball in your court here i would do it well anyways <laughs> uh so yeah the uh the mariners get the big four game uh sweep uh otherwise known as the mop, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the division rivals and effectively bury them. Now, crazy things can happen, uh, but there are seven games out of a playoff spot right now. Um, if the it's Blue over. Jays, if the Blue Jays go 500, uh, then I believe that the, I believe that the angels would need to win like 33 of their last 49 uh, to tie them. So yeah, it's, it's not looking great for the uh, for the Angels, and that's why we talked about at the beginning of the series. You have to at least split. You cannot um, you cannot get swept, and even losing this series would be pretty detrimental. But uh, the Mariners came into the series with a half game lead over the Angels. They're leaving the series with a four and a half game lead over them, and they did it in a variety of different ways. We saw some good offense. We saw some really good starting pitching. We saw some really bad starting pitching. We saw some. Uh, you know, really good defense. We saw some questionable <laughs> defense, you know, and, and at the end of the day, the one thing that we did see consistently throughout this entire series is the Mariners bullpen step up um, without, you know, their, their leader, uh, Paul Seawald. Um, so, you know, and, and honestly with, with a couple guys running on absolute fumes as they try to, you know, drag themselves to the, to the break tomorrow and another one on Thursday, both at home. So hooray for that. I'm sure they're really pumped about those, uh, awesome. those two days off. So uh, yeah, it was a little bit of everything. It feels like everybody had a good moment in the series at some point, 
you know, except for maybe Cal Raleigh, but um, it it was it was a rough weekend for Cal. But uh, he did have the home run from the right side of the plate. Oh yeah, that's from, true. That's true. Only yeah. the fifth of his career from the right side of the plate too. Good, good point. Good point. So there yeah. you go. Everybody helped out. Except Outside of that Ford. though, <laughs> except for Mike Ford. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so something we'll, we'll talk. That's a Monday topic. That's a, or that's Tuesday. A Monday we'll see. Yeah, because yeah. Monday my mail mailbag Monday is tomorrow. So you know that's right. That's right. Get yeah. your questions on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know everybody up and down the roster for the most part contributed, except for you know Ford and Rojas. Canzone got on base once. Trade's doing really well. But anyways, hey, Canzone, hey, his one time getting on base though, it was it was big point, big point. Uh, uh, Sam Haggerty could have done it too. But uh, yeah, it was just a really fun series. You know, they they won a whole bunch of close games, uh, and you know we talk about how when things are going really well, it feels like you know, all the little breaks go your way. Mm-hmm. And for the first, you know, two plus months, you know, three months of the season, it didn't feel like the Mariners were getting those breaks, right? It would be, oh, they hit a ball 110 miles an hour with the bases loaded and one out and it went right to the third baseman or, or you know, it would be, oh, they're they're getting squeezed or they're getting screwed on the strike zone. And, and you know, those things weren't going their way since July. Those things have started to go their way. Um, and, you know, it's kicked up quite a bit since the deadline as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, certainly every team has to get a little bit lucky. I, I saw a lot of people, the the ground rule double, right? Like, oh, how lucky can you be? And it's like, yeah, Julio missed a three-run homer by like an inch and a half uh, earlier in that game. So don't tell me about, you know, BABIP luck and all that stuff. So, sure. yeah. yeah, just one of those things, you know, teams are going to catch breaks in the series. Both teams are going to catch breaks in the series. And then you have to take advantage of them. The Mariners did. The angels didn't. The angels were in great position to win all four of these games. Mm-hmm. The Mariners were in great position to win maybe two of them. And yet the Mariners are the ones who walk away with four wins. And the angels are the ones who walk away with their season basically over. Why? Well, because Phil Nevin's an idiot for one, but you know, partly because Scott service is just better than Phil Nevin because the, the Mariners bullpen, which they subtracted from is still significantly better than what the angels are putting out there. The Mariners starting pitching, which they didn't add to and the angels did still significantly better than what the angels are putting out there. And aside from Otani, the lineup is significantly better than what the angels are putting out there, despite what the angels went out and did at the deadline. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Why did the Mariners win four games? when you know the angels were in really good shape to win all four because the angels are not a good baseball team and the seattle mariners are it's really that simple at the end of the day you know sometimes it takes well and this time it took 112 games i think is where we're at in the season but eventually talent rises to the top and if you didn't bury yourself at the beginning of the year which the mariners didn't it felt like it they did at times but every time they'd start to bury themselves they would kind of they'd kind of climb up and then they'd fall back down they climb back up they kept they kept themselves here and now the talent has risen to the top. Now guys are playing well together for long enough stretches of time that they're rattling off these long, you know, periods of success. And it's not a long win streak. Today was their fifth win in a row. That is the longest win streak of the year. And this goes back to what we talk about. You don't need a 14 game win streak to get back in this thing. Yep. You just needed to start winning series. They went 17 and nine. I think it was, is what it ended up in July. Mm-hmm. They are uh, what? Six and one this month, five and one this month. That is what you need to do. You just need to win 21 of 26. And that is something the Mariners have always been capable of. And it's something they're doing right now. Doesn't get a lot easier this next week. You still have, you still have uh, 
San Diego, who's an incredibly talented team, regardless of their record. And then you have a tough three game set against the best team in baseball record wise in Baltimore. But if you just go two and three, three and two, I mean, go four and one or five and oh, fine. But like, Mm -hmm. just don't give back all this ground that you gained this weekend and the schedule opens up and you can make a legitimate run at this thing. You're closer right now to making the playoffs than you are to the next team behind you in the standings. So things are going really well for the Mariners. Uh, you know, you, you didn't really gain a lot of ground this weekend on Toronto. Yeah. Unfortunately they swept too, but you did push, you did push uh, the, the angels down. You did push the Red Sox down. You did push the Yankees down and those are important. And you did pick up a couple games on Houston. So, right. um, you know, it, it was a really good weekend. Obviously lots of guys stepped up. There's reason for celebration, and, you know, thankfully they get the off day. Munoz and Brash really need it. Um, Gino really needs it. Like there are a lot of guys who are, are you know, carrying the load right now and, and they deserve that day off and they're going to get two of them. And I think those are going to be absolutely huge uh, going forward. But yeah, just spectacular win uh, for, for the Mariners, spectacular series, um, you know, and it couldn't have come against just a better fan base. The most hateable team in baseball just got their doors blown off by the Seattle Mariners, which I know stings them because they like to believe that they're more relevant than the Mariners, but you're not You're pathetic losers, just like your manager, just like your ball club, just like your owner. You're a poverty franchise. Now it's only going to get worse when you lose Otani enjoy irrelevance because that's what you always have been. That's what you're going to continue to be. You're pathetic. Your baseball team is pathetic. Your stadium is pathetic. And this idea that like, oh, we're just like Los Angeles Dodger. Like we are, we're right there with them. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. You're a suburb of Los Angeles. Stop trying to co-op their identity. You're losers. You're pathetic. You're one, you, you're a wannabe like contender. And every year, despite having the two best players on the planet, you fail. And there you go. Still talking smack to Julio Rodriguez. Julio's better at baseball than you are at anything in your life. Fact. Bonafide fact. You're talking smack to J.P. Crawford. Same thing, bro. You have Luis Gifo as your starting shortstop right now. You have the MVP, and you're going to be battling to finish at 500. Enjoy your relevance. Enjoy it. Have fun. You're UTEP in college football. You don't mean anything to anybody. You occasionally give us a fun player, but other than that, nobody cares about your existence. You're irrelevant. So enjoy your relevance. I'm going to love watching you guys crumble, especially when Otani goes across, across the way to go play for the Dodgers and just steals the soul right from under you. I'm going to devour it like a Dementor because your fan base is pathetic. Your team is pathetic. Your owner is pathetic. Your spring training park is pathetic. Your home ballpark is pathetic. Everything about you is pathetic. And I just love watching the angels suffer. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Enjoy relevancy. You've earned it. Back to you, Ty. Oh, is it my turn to talk now? Nine minutes. I think the people want to hear from me. Let's be honest. Nine minutes. Let's be honest, Ty. Nine minutes. Oh, you can have the next segment. Would you look at that? It's time for an ad break. Let's talk about segment, Dave. Let's talk about Dave. No, not Sims or Niehaus. Dave is the banking app that's leaving the financial field. At one time or another, we've all needed a little financial help. 
That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. That's dave.com slash MLB. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check. No late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners postgame show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 3-2 victory over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to sweep them in four games. Like Colby mentioned earlier, they get a much-needed off day tomorrow. They also get an off day on Thursday. Sandwich in between those two off days is a two-game series with the San Diego Padres. You can catch all the action Alamara's hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, so like you mentioned, um, the Mariners at least put some distance in between them and the other teams that are out of the wildcard picture. They now have a two-game lead on the second team out. That's the New York Yankees. Didn't get a lot of help in front of them, but at the very least, they were able to keep pace. Unfortunately, this four-game sweep coincided with a uh, pretty good weekend for the Rangers, for the Blue Jays etc um so a big reason the mariners were able to sweep this series was how they handled shohei otani obviously he had the big night in the first game on thursday uh, but after that went two for 12 with a double seven strikeouts and one walk and it was a little bit of everyone for the mariners in terms of how they attacked otani uh, in terms of who got the strikeouts against Otani? It was Bryce Miller today. It was also, you know, Matt Brash, Andres Munoz. Um, everyone got a, a, a piece of Otani in this series for the Mariners pitching staff. It was awesome. I also want to just talk about this, this bullpen in general, how it pitched to uh, this, this weekend. Uh, but I want to start by asking you what you thought about their game plan and attacking Otani. I mean, it's breaking stuff away from him, right? You want the ball to be traveling away from Otani. That's your best shot. Uh, anything that's running in on him is going to get hit pretty hard. Um, and yeah, you know, we saw him really attack the inside corner this time, but everything was down. It was below the knees. Um, you know, the couple times that they were elevated with, with their game plan on Otani, he, he hurt them. So yeah, I, I think the Mariners in general have a really good idea of how to pitch to Otani. It's tough to execute. But I think, you know, for the most part, Otani's career numbers against the Mariners, not that impressive relative to what he does against the rest of the league. So Seattle seems to have a really good idea of how to attack him. Yeah. Um, it's still dangerous. You got to be really precise with it because it, it it is a, you know, it is probably the width of a baseball. Like that is your margin of error when you're facing a guy like Otani. Uh, and, you know, this weekend they they were able to execute per, almost perfectly. And, and like you take away the Tungsten Armo Doyle uh, game. And Otani was really not much of a factor uh, going forward. And, and that's how you have to beat the Angels. If Trout's out of the lineup, you have to take care of Otani. And the rest of the lineup is not awful. Like I, Grichik's having a good year. Crone's hot. You know, Mustakis had a nice series. But there's not like a number two to really scare you behind Otani. And, and the Mariners take full advantage of that. So uh, it was a good weekend by the pitching staff. And, uh, you know, once again, the, the Mariners seem to 
know how to at least limit the damage that Otani can do to them. So the first week of the Paul Seawald list Mariners bullpen has been a roaring success. I mean, better than I think any of us could could possibly imagine here. Um, and that was especially the case this weekend. You know, a couple of hiccups here and there. You know, obviously the Campbell home run to Otani, the the Thornton home run to uh, Thice today. But overall, just a, a stellar uh, series for the Mariners bullpen. And today, you know, didn't have Andres Munoz, didn't have Matt Brash. And I was getting concerned there because Bryce Miller only went five. And you got your two biggest high leverage relievers out for this game. So that means a lot of innings got to be covered by Isaiah Campbell and Trent Thornton and the hero today, Taylor Saucedo, who went two innings, including that bottom of the 10th with a couple of strikeouts to end this game. Got some help from the home plate umpire. Got a, uh, a call or two in the first at bat, uh, which was a strikeout. Got a, a call that went his way against Wallach in the second at bat. And that forced CJ Crone in the third at bat to really expand his strike zone, and he didn't even stand a chance. Um, so first, your your thoughts on Saucedo, who continues to pitch in high-leverage situations for this team this past week and has stepped up more often than not in that in that uh, role as well. And then just on the on the bullpen as well for the weekend. Yeah, Salcedo was uh, pretty good today. Uh, did benefit from from the wide strike zone, and and Saucedo is a guy who uh, will benefit from a wider strike zone and and knows how to take advantage of it. He's been a you know professional ball player for a long time, and and despite not having tremendous amounts of success at the big league level, he understands his strengths, he understands his weaknesses, and he knows when to take advantage of you know when it, when an umpire is helping him play to his strength, which is to be on the corners. Uh, to get chases because he is not a guy whose stuff plays in the middle of the plate. Um, so yeah, today it was change up slider almost exclusively. Uh, and, you know, he did get, you know, uh, three whiffs on, on five swings on the change up also got a called strike out of it. And then he threw, uh, you know, uh, five swings on the slider, got uh, two whiffs on that, but three called strikes on that pitch. A um, couple of those were the the questionable calls, but I think my favorite part of the uh, the at bat or the the Saucedo performance today, um, he threw one four seam fastball all game. It was the final pitch of the game, and it was at ninety five miles an hour, nearly two miles per hour higher than his norm. Uh, and you know he he threw it with everything he had, missed by a wide margin. But hey, you know what? You got Crone in swing mode. Uh, you know, he's got to protect against a wide strike zone and, and um, you know, went right after him, wasn't afraid and, and uh, you know, honestly didn't even throw him his best pitch. It just kind of surprised him and, and blew it right by him. And it was awesome to see the reaction. So Saucedo, uh, very, very good today. Um, and he's a guy who's they're clearly going to want to trust more in those high leverage spots. And they're going to need him to because you did trade Paul Seawald because it doesn't look like you're trusting Prolander Barroa right now. And you're kind of running a, a full man short in your bullpen because they will not use Devin sweet unless they absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you're going to need somebody to step up, uh, in addition to obviously brash and Munoz being better than they have been. And they've been really good lately. So yeah, it was, it's a good weekend, uh, for the bullpen, no doubt. A lot of guys stepped up, but there are going to be some, some spots where they are going to have to step up where guys that we don't want to have high leverage situations, mm -hmm. you're not going to have a choice because unfortunately that's the direction that the, uh, the front office went, uh, last week. And, guys have to step up and they have to get it done and, and for at least four games here uh this weekend they did and that's the reason why you walked away with a four game sweep 
Yeah, biggest moment of the season there for Saucedo, and he stepped up, and then some just huge, 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 huge stuff. So we'll see how things go here as we enter the second week of the Seawaldless era for this Mary's bullpen. But so far, so good. It's been great to watch all these guys um, pick up the slack here in a big way, and it's and it's been a little bit of everyone. Like I said, um, that is that is chipping in right now. It's not just one particular guy, and so that's huge. So, um, you know, we'll see if maybe Perlander Barroa eventually becomes a factor. But right now, uh, the, the Mariners have at least seven guys that are that are doing pretty well right now. Save for Devin Sweet, who, again, they are pretty much trying to avoid at all costs to use, except for when they absolutely have to. And, you know, if they ended up going to an 11th inning, we probably would have seen Devin Sweet. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> glad we didn't. <laughs> Nothing against Devin Sweet, but Devin glad Sweet we didn't. against Otani, baby. No. Oh yeah. What was yeah, that? It would have been yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah. <laughs> hey, change ups though. Change ups. <laughs> they they do move away. That's kind of Otani's kryptonite. So maybe. That's right. That's right. All right. So I want to talk about Bryce Miller's day. Um, pretty good day. Uh, just pitch count ran really high on him. So we're gonna go over that in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Locked On Mariners Post Game Show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and if you don't feel that your match is suitable for you you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on mlb today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on mlb and you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 3-2 win over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim this afternoon at Angel Stadium. Again, the Mariners are off tomorrow, but on Tuesday they'll begin a two-game series with the San Diego Padres at T-Mobile Park. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. And once again, Mailbag Monday is tomorrow on the show here. So we're going to be putting out a tweet that you guys can send questions to a little after this show drops. So be on the lookout for that. And maybe we'll answer your question on tomorrow's show. Uh, but for now, let's talk about Bryce Miller, Colby. He started this game and after giving up, what, six earned runs in each of his last two starts, a lot better results today. Um, Ten strikeouts, just one earned run coming in the first inning but after that mostly dominated at least in terms of the strikeout numbers <laughs> for a while there every ball that was put in play against him went for a hit uh, i don't when was the when was the first time he actually generated an out that wasn't a strikeout was it the fourth uh, inning grichuk in the third was it the third it was the third first inning. eight outs were all strikeouts that's that's wild it was a wild start for him and as a result that ran his pitch count up quite a lot and he was only able to go five innings in this one which Put a lot on this bullpen, which was light, as we talked about in the last segment. So overall, what did you think of Miller's day? It was it was pretty good. I mean, it's hard to argue with the results at the end of the day. Uh, but again, this is 
the strike zone was like today was like tailor made for Bryce Miller because not only was it wide, you were getting a couple inches on the top of the zone true uh, uh, to a, a true getaway day strike zone. Right. And so where, what is Bryce Miller's best pitch? The four seam fastball, where is it most effective at the letters or higher? And he was able to throw it at the letters at a little bit higher than the letters and get called strikes out of it. That puts the angels in attack mode. They have to swing uh, because they're getting, those are called strikes. And so they have to swing and that's, um, you know, allowed Bryce to push the boundaries even a little bit more. And, and, you know, he took advantage of a bad strike zone today, which is fine. You know, it's, it's part of being a, a, a pitcher and understanding, you know, what the umpire is willing to give me. And if they're willing to give me that, I'm going to keep going back to it. And, and he did very effectively today. Uh, 28 swings on the four seamer, 13 whiffs. That is a huge number for a four seam fastball. Um, and you know, it, it slider was actually a better swing and miss pitch today than even the fastball, mm-hmm. uh, 10 swings on that five whiffs. So 50%, um, you look at the call strike plus whiff rate, uh, today, 44%. That's a big number. Um, you look at the whiff percentage, 45%. That's a big number. Um, so yeah, Bryce was understanding of where the strike zone was going to be. He locked in on that early and he kept on hammering that spot over and over again. Um, and you know, even when the angels know it's coming, it's still an incredibly difficult pitch to square up. So basically if Bryce hit his spots, he was almost guaranteed to get you out just because the, the pitches that he was able to throw that were going to be called strikes mm-hmm. were his bread and butter. They are his best pitch. It's like giving Jamie Moyer your three inches off the outside corner to a righty, like you're screwed. Right. Like, even if you know the changeups coming from Moyer, right? If it's, if you get that much extra off the outside corner, you have to swing at it and you're not going to hit it hard. You're not going to time it up very well. And so Miller does that, but he does that today with a 97, 98 mile an hour fastball and kind of a bit of good news here. The velocity more or less maintained um, from pitch one to pitch 85. And and that that's been a pretty big concern from uh, Miller the last couple times out. So maybe the, the fingers feeling better. The blitz it's really since the blister, we've noticed that this velocity drop. Um, so maybe he's pushed through that now or, or I guess we'll see in his next start. Yeah, the his ability to take advantage of the expanded strike zone today came up huge in the first inning, and you know, props to him for not letting that whole thing unravel because that could have been the game right there. Second and third, just one out, and he was able to pepper that outside part of the zone and was able to get some key whiffs. I think it was. Uh, Moniac was one of the strikeouts. That was the strikeout to end the inning. Who, uh, Grichuk who and Grichuk, Grichuk and, and Moniac, Moniac yeah. yeah. And yeah, the, the, the Moniac at bat, especially, was the one where he was taking full advantage of that expanded strike zone. Yeah. And then he was able to go up top on the uh, the third strike on the fastball to get him to, to chase after that. Yeah. After the third, he started to get, you know, a few more. He got, he had a really quick fourth and a pretty quick fifth. Uh, started to, you know, get more ground outs and fly outs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that Scott decided not to put him back out there because you would think in a day where your bullpen is that thin and what Scott and you, has done lately, right? And, and the fact that you've already won the series, like the series is in your back pocket, you don't want you're not necessarily trying to lose the game or anything, but you're probably more willing to take risk like that when you've already got the series in hand. So, um, but what's interesting is I heard on the post game show, no, that was the plan, they wanted five innings from Bryce Miller and. He gave him the five, and even though he still had a little bit of gas left over, they were going to take him out. So yeah. kind of interesting. That's maybe a load management thing. Maybe that's just you know protecting the blister and all that stuff. We'll see. The nice thing is, is that because of the days off, Bryce Miller 
his next start won't be for another week. So yeah. he's going to get a little bit of time. Wu's going to get an extra day uh, on his next two starts. He'll get an extra day. So that is incredibly helpful because these two guys have struggled a little bit as of late. They were really good in this series, which was great to see. But those are two guys that you're going to need down the stretch in some capacity or another. You can't really have both of them struggling when you're trying to make a, a playoff push. And, and Miller and Wu, at least in this series, were both really good. And now they get the benefit of the extra day's rest a couple times through the rotation. And hopefully that can get them to you know late August or September before they have to pull the trigger on you know, woo to the bullpen and, and maybe it's Hancock coming up. Maybe it's Malone or whatever. Yeah. So great day for the Mariners pitching staff, including Bryce Miller, including Taylor Saucedo. Awesome stuff. Uh, and they're going to need it coming up here on this homestand with the Padres and with the Orioles on the weekend. That's going to be a huge weekend series. The two hottest teams in major league baseball clashing at T-Mobile park this weekend. So look forward to that. Uh, but first, Got to turn our attention to the San Diego Padres who are coming to town for Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, you can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast of SiriusXM via the SXM app. And again, off day tomorrow, we're going to be doing Mailbag Monday. So send us your questions over on Twitter. Respond to the tweet that we'll put out a little later on tonight. And uh, maybe we'll answer your question on the show tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby Patnode. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.